Blog Talk Radio.
I am Jehovah, the mighty God. Welcome to Miracle Internet Church. I'm Pastor Sabrina, and the Lord is here waiting on us. Amen? He's waiting on us to come together in agreement so that he can speak to us those things we need to hear and know. Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we want to thank you for every opportunity that we have to come together to enjoy your presence, to enjoy the fellowship of the saints, and to fellowship with your holy word, Lord. We thank you for the cleansing that the word brings, the washing of water of the word of God. We want to thank you, Lord, that every time we come up, we are washed, we're made clean, and we're healed in Jesus' name. So we give you praise, Lord. We give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you for these privileged opportunities, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we don't know what tomorrow brings, but we know who's in control of tomorrow, and that is you. We surrender our lives to you, Lord, and we thank you for your close examination of how we live our lives. We thank you, Lord, for bringing to our attention those things that are needful for us to know that when the time comes when the Holy Spirit removes the body of Christ, the Christians, the true Christians from the earth, we will be counted worthy to leave with him. We would like to be counted worthy, Lord. So we want to thank you for every opportunity, Lord, to make us ready and fit to go when the Holy Spirit is ready to take us away. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you, Lord. And a special welcome to all of our first-time listeners. We are a Christian, non-denominational, Protestant, international church founded in the love of Jesus Christ. And we're on a journey with Jesus. We're on a journey with Jesus. And he has many places to take us. And he has something to say to us at every place. Amen? We encourage everyone to join us in our chat room. And our chat room is located on our webpage. Our webpage is www.miracleinternetchurch.com. That's miracleinternetchurch.com. And... What a wonderful thing. When the page comes up, if you're on a computer, on a laptop, on a a tablet, you'll see across the banner at the top, MIC Radio Chat. Please click that link, and when the page changes, click Guest. When it changes again, sign in using your own name, one of those names that can be found on your birth certificate. Amen. And add your greeting for the saints, and the saints will respond to you in the love of God. Amen. And if you happen to be on a cellular device, on a cell phone, 
you may follow similar directions. Use your browser to find MiracleInternetChurch.com. When the page comes up, across the banner, you'll see three white lines against a black background. Click the three white lines. It opens up all the other links to you, and you may choose MIC Radio Chat and follow the same direction. Amen. God bless you. We love you, and we appreciate everyone who comes up before the broadcast and intercedes for the broadcast in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you so very much. So very, very much. Well, saints, we have a lot to talk about tonight. I hope you have something to write on, uh, preferably a notebook and not just a straight piece of paper, because there are going to be a lot of scriptures given tonight. And you might want to be able to uh, make note of them. Amen? Praise the Lord. There are a lot of scriptures for tonight, in fact. And pastor's going to try to read through all of them. You see, we have some people that uh, are not able to read the scriptures while we're doing the broadcast. And so they are dependent on me reading them. The same with the adjudications. They're not able, as we're live on the air, and they're dependent on me reading them. So I do, and I don't mind. It's not a problem. I want everyone to be able to hear, to know, to understand, and to receive from the Lord. Amen? Amen. So we're not going to waste any time. We're going to get started. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up the situation in the world to you. There's so many situations, Lord, that's a long list, but you can handle it. You're God. And we thank you, Lord, for keeping us, for protecting us, for covering us with your very self. We thank you for all the promises of Psalm 91 and other scriptures. And we thank you that you never take your eyes off of us, Lord. We are under your care. You've assigned angels to each of us to watch over us, Father. And you've instilled promises in your word that should we choose to believe you will work for us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you very much. Thank you. We need your protection. We need Jesus to be a fence all around us every day. And, Father, we lift up the lives that we will touch toward the end of the month, Lord, as we go forth in your name, spreading the gospel, executing the Great Commission in a very different kind of way. We want to thank you for your protection, for your love. We want to thank you for giving us a spirit of utterance to say what ought to be said, when it ought to be said, and no more. In the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that we will not approach the situation with an idea in our minds about what we ought to say and what we ought to do, but instead we will rely on the unction of the Holy Spirit, and you will prompt us to speak and to say what you want said instead of what we think we should say in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. 
Ringi de Rebrochala de Yosundria Barikiasi. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Aha, Rokoho Rekita. For giving us words that the world cannot argue with. In Jesus' name, we give you praise. You know, there are some of you that um, kids aren't in your neighborhood, but you have a relative or, or close friend that has a whole neighborhood from them. Well, go over to their house and pass out the candy in the trash. That'll work. That works. Not to mention, candy industry were dependent on children. It would go out of business. The candy industry remains strong because grown-ups like candy too. Amen? So keep that in mind. Grown-ups, big kids, like candy too. And, of course, we wouldn't want to deprive them of an opportunity to enjoy candy and the word of God. Amen? Praise the Lord. So let's open up our thinking. Amen? Let's open up our thinking. Yes, that's right. Pastor says, open up our thinking. I thought we were only going to do a little. Well, God has kids of every size. Amen? God has kids of every size. Praise God. Why why not share with them too? They need Jesus. Amen. And if someone needs some more tracks, uh, 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 email me at gproom at outlook.com right quick and uh, put your address in that little email and make it that I can work faster that way and I'll try to help you out. Okay? All right. God bless. Amen. You see, if you put a little thought to it, the Holy Spirit will give you ideas. He'll give you creative ideas. But you do at least have to think about it, you know. Amen. You do at least have to think about it. Praise God. Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Your name is a strong tower that we can run into and be safe when we are persecuted on our job. Lord, there have been some unkind words that really hurt us. And we desire to be accepted by those that we work alongside. But we long to obey you and to follow your commandments. We realize, Father, that Jesus was tempted just as we are. But he didn't give in to sin or hate or bitterness. He did not hold on to a spirit of offense. Give us your mercy and grace to deal with these situations. We look to you for our comfort, for you are our true friend at all times. Thank you, Lord, for never leaving us alone or rejecting us. We make a decision to forgive people who have spoken unkind words about us. We ask you to work this forgiveness into our hearts. We submit to you and reject the disappointment and anger that have attempted to consume us. Lord, specifically right now, we forgive each of those persons. 
We ask you, Lord, to cause this situation to accommodate itself for good in our lives. To you, O Lord, we lift up our soul. In you we trust, O our God. Don't let us be put to shame nor allow our enemies to triumph over us. Because we love you, O Lord, you will rescue us. You will protect us because we acknowledge your name. We will call upon you and you will deliver us. And you will be with us in trouble and you will deliver us and honor us. Father, we we will resist the temptation to strike back in anger. We purpose to love those persons with the love of Jesus in us. Mercy and truth are written upon the tablets of our heart. Therefore, you will cause us to find favor and understanding with those that we work with. Keep us from self-righteousness so that we may walk in your righteousness. Thank you for sending and giving us persons who will stand by us and teach us how to guard our hearts with all diligence. Lord, we declare that in the midst of all these things, we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ who loves us. We can use the witty inventions you have provided us and we will be confident in your wisdom when working. We are of good courage and pray that freedom of utterance be given us as we do our job in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You know, saints, it's a dangerous thing to get into bitterness or to offense. You know, because once you get into a fence, it's like you get your hand stuck in a cage and you can't get it out. And then everything you hear from then on becomes offensive. You know, something was said, and it probably might not have been aimed at you at all. But you were in the vicinity, you heard it, and because offense is already alive and working in you, you pick it up as an offense. You just sort of draw it in like a magnet. And then everything after that, uh, you get touchy about it. You're touchy about this, and you're touchy about that, and you're touchy about the other. Well, saints, there's a solution for that. The Bible teaches us to guard our hearts with all diligence. And so you have to choose to give up the offense. You can't hold the offense. Why? because it will draw more offending spirits to you. And you will become so offended that you are no longer able to receive from God. Amen? Especially if someone tells you something that you just don't like. It just hits you the wrong way. You don't like the way they said it. Well, guess what? Regardless of how they said it or how they didn't say it, if it's actually the fact or truth, you need to sit down with God concerning it. And you need to be transparent with the Lord about it. And stop concealing your unrighteous motives. 
If envy or jealousy was there, it meant that to the Lord. If you don't like being corrected, admit that to the Lord. Because as long as you hold on to it and you do not confess it before him, he's not going to let you go on that. Amen. That's the way God is. He doesn't play games. You have to have transparency with him. Amen. You have to have transparency with him. You know, the Bible says offenses will occur, and they're going to because there are no perfect people here, and somebody's going to give offense maybe without even knowing it or or intending to. It happens every day, and somebody's going to take offense because that's how flesh is. So you learn when you get up every morning to forgive everything before you get into the day. You forgive everyone that should be forgiven by you. So when they cut you off in traffic, you've already forgiven them. Amen? At the end of the day, you forgive everybody, every situation, every circumstance, every event that could have possibly offended you in any kind of way. And then you can sleep in peace. Amen? Amen. This is something we all know, but sometimes we just forget to do it. So if you sit there and allow offense after offense after offense after offense to pile up, you got a mountain of of offense. And that's not what we ask Jesus to be. We ask him to be a fence, not offense. Amen? You end up building up a wall between you and God. Amen. Praise the Lord. No, that wasn't a part of the message. Pastor's just talking. Amen. Praise the Lord. So let go of the offense. Don't worry. You may as well let that one go because they're coming along with another one right behind it. Amen. This is the way life works. We may not like it, but we have to adjust to it. Nobody likes it. Amen? Nobody likes it when you call a company and you know what customer service was like four years ago when you talked to them. And now what you get is not that level of customer service. It will cause you to feel offended because you know these people are not doing all that they ought to be doing. And then when you bring it to their attention, that this is not the level of customer service you are accustomed to receiving from them, they try to go around it. They try to change the subject. They try to give an excuse. They do any and everything but coming right out and apologizing. Mrs. Green, I do apologize. You are right about that. But we are not doing it that way for some reason, and I cannot explain. But on behalf of this company, I do apologize. See how simple that is? But you know that's not what they're doing. They're giving excuses. You know that. They're all doing it. They're giving excuses instead of telling the truth. And the part of it that probably will annoy you is you know they're not telling the truth. Amen? So life is full of annoyances. 
They come every day, whether you want them to come or not. And you have to step right over yourself and right over the offense and keep on going in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen, amen. Sometimes you're trying to break through in prayer and you can't get through. Why? Because you're offended and the Holy Spirit is right there waiting on you to tell the truth. Praise God. Amen. Amen. I hope that helps somebody. Amen. Amen. You know, People have demons. They do. And their demons are coming to offend you for some reason or no reason at all. And so before you engage in any conversation, you have to bind your demons and their demons. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. You know, give the devil a black eye. You can do it. You're good at it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for getting us on our toes when we need to be. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So right now, before we go any further, we're going to repent. You all ready to repent now? Okay, because I'm going to pray, so get ready to repent now. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, the Bible says that Jesus Christ became sin for me. I have offended and others have offended me. And right now, because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and because you ask me, Father, to walk in love, I forgive every offense that I have all the way back to my childhood in Jesus' name. If if at this time I am still offended by something that happened way back there, I choose to forgive it right now and to release it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. To release it right now. And I repent of having offended whomever I may have offended, even if I have no idea that I offended them at any time. I pray for the blood of Jesus to come in between and to do what the blood of Jesus does best. I thank you for hearing my prayer, Father. I release this entire matter to you in Jesus' name, and I receive the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. I thank you, Lord. I humble myself before you. I forgive the other persons or situations or events, and I forgive myself. And if, Lord, I was offended with you, I forgive you too. I love you, Lord, and thank you for healing my heart. I thank you for healing all those wounded, breached, and broken places where the enemy has attacked me with offense in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 
Now take a deep breath and cough it out. Take a deep breath and cough it out. Take a deep breath and cough it out in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's put our hands together for Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Word of God. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Now, Father, we also ask that you help us in the area of anticipation of offense by others who have offended us before. We walk around with this little shield of anticipation of defense, of offense, and we just already know what we're going to say and what we're going to do. And we can be so wrong. We can be so wrong. Oh, so wrong. So, Father, forgive us for being prejudiced, for prejudging a situation. Amen. According to our own very flawed and sinful opinions. We thank you and we give you praise for your grace, for your mercy, for your love, and for your correction in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Doesn't that feel better? Yes, it does. That feels better. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. There are no perfect people or any perfect situations down here. We're on earth, remember? Heaven is later on, (laughs) okay? So everybody and everything is flawed, and it acts like it, okay? All right. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, from our position, ah, (laughs) from our position, seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, We bind Satan, the strong man, all of his evil angels, evil spirits, all demonic agents, all of his underlings, decisions, timings, maneuvers, tactics, devices, plans, orders, and we cancel all demonic assignments and satanic agendas against the righteous. We take the territory from Satan in Jesus' name. We bind every form of godliness which denies the power of Jesus Christ. And we come into agreement with the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, and we come out of agreement with Satan, his agents, and his wicked powers. We close and seal all portals, channels, open doors of access to the enemy. We pull down all demonic thrones. We bind the wicked principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and all spiritual wickedness in high places. We release the all-consuming fire of God on every ley line, silver cord, and garland. We bind the demons and workers of darkness in the heavenlies, in the bush, and in the deep. We bind rape and murder to its strong man and dethrone them all, chaining them all in eternal chains and darkness, placing them in the custody of the Holy Spirit. We bind the sources of all witchcraft attacks, and we return the attacks 
on to the hands of the devils that bring them to cling to them for eternity. We bind all trafficking, listening, demon, reporters, watchers, peeps, whisperers, familiar demons, electronic, digital, technology demons, and their attacks, leviathan spirits, and their attacks, brainwashing kundalini spirits, and their attacks, psychic kundalini spirits, and their attacks, water and marine spirits, and their attacks, sex devils, and their attacks, Unclean spirits and their attacks, passive devils and their attacks, pain-afflicting spirits, sleep deprivation, artificial intelligence, smart dust, and drone spirits and their attacks. Woo! All sorcery devils and their attacks, seducing, womanizing, whoredom spirits and their attacks. All the voices of the stranger and their attacks. All hypnotic and trance devils and their attacks in Jesus' name. We bind the Havana syndrome, brain changes, injuries, all remote viewing all sonic and audio weapons, all targeted radio frequency, all pulse weapons and their attacks, microwave attacks, debilitating sonic frequency attacks. We bind all seducing, all sorcery devils and their attacks, passive devils and their attacks, seducing, womanizing, whoredom spirits and their attacks, all the voices of the stranger, the charmer, and the seducer and their attacks in Jesus' name. All hypnotic trance devils and their attacks, all mystic rituals and their intent. We overturn and empty all cauldrons and chalices upon the heads of the conjurers and the magicians. We're binding all microwave frequency weapons, 5G, and components. Now, all of you know that this our opening prayer is not to be prayed um, by new members or maybe even old ones by yourself. You will bring attacks from a, a, a region that you are not prepared to deal with. We pray this prayer together on the air. We don't do it individually. And the Holy Spirit's reminding me of this because there's some new people that may not know that. Amen? You can't decide, okay, I'm going to listen to the prayer, the opening prayer, and I'm going to pray it myself. No, you're not. Because then I'll have to pray you out of the mess you get yourself into. Amen? All right, just a reminder. Praise the Lord. In fact, I don't pray it by myself, even though I can. I wrote it. (laughs) But I've been trained to do this. I've been called to do this. I've been given the grace by God to do this. Amen? Amen. So don't think you can get up on Facebook and pray this for somebody. You might lose your life. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for correction. Amen. We bind all pulse weapons and their attacks, all microwave attacks, debilitating sonic frequency, Kaveri Druid. We bind all microwave frequency weapons, 5G and components, everything coming from outer space, as we call it, from any orbit, from any planet, from any uh, station on a planet, coming through the satellites, through the cell towers, to our devices in the name of Jesus. We bind all beings being sent against us in Jesus' name. We bind electromagnetic attacks, smart technology, and particle attacks, techno-paganism, and mind control by the occult. We bind force feedback, cyber stalking, cyber sex, cyber sex crimes, Pornography, demonic curiosity, bewitching spirits which manipulate modern technology, pulse microwave radiation attacks, 
designed to cause neurological problems, brain injuries, debilitating headaches, vertigo, binding directed energy, microwave weapons, and binding all vibrations, which are demons. Amen. Amen. We overturn and empty all cauldrons and chalices upon the heads of the conjurers and the magicians. We bind every order of magic and mystic arts. We bind Buddhist, black magic, Santeria, Kabbalah, Egyptian, Chaldean, Hindu, Indian, African, European, North American, South American, Islander, Korean, Israeli, Palestinian, Kunda, Polynesian, Chinese, Urika, Russian, Ukrainian, Rike de Rebrusha, Rianda Dabra, Kimba, Rukoto, Rubrisa, Dadiosola, Islander, Rukota Dabra, Indigenous groups, Regisata, Tribal groups, Ariosuraka, Covens of witches, Covens of warlocks, Covens of wizards, Covens of shaman, Rike de Bibrusha, Dabra, Kunda, Dabresa, Dadios, Covens of cult. Covens of witch doctors. Covens of familiar spirits. We bind every global cabal that exists. Its agenda, every agenda, all the mechanisms of implementing the agendas, all plans, all devices, all warring against Jesus Christ. We bind all cabals of of non governmental organizations and their agendas, and their wickedness, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We bind Caribbean and Latin American black and white magic, the work of every Druid. We bind Rike de Rebrusolo Rodiasia, Rukohore de Dia, Reke de Rusula Radio Sundra, Rike Isalario Kunda Rabara, Reke de Rebrushe, Sike de Rio Kur, Rukohole de Sundra, 
We bind all Morgellons attacks and we return every attack to the senders. We bind the culture of corruption worldwide. We bind all free flying devils. We bind all evil spirits which take animal forms. All shape shifting spirits trapping them into their shifted form for eternity. We bind each demon responsible for the dominion of sin in our culture. We bind impulsivity, inattention, racing minds, hyperactivity, low levels of dopamine. We bind the prince of the power of the air. And we return his powers to Jesus Christ. We bind the power of the dog and every abomination that's been committed. We bind the Lord of the flies and his agents, and we place them under the feet of the Lord Jesus. We bind the Mandela effect. We bind all satanic ritual abuse devils, satanic worship, witchcraft tensions, and all rituals done on the phases of the moon. We bind all the witchcraft done on each phase of the moon, especially the supermoons, in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. We bind all the formations of bullflies and demonic insects. We bind all spiders in their webs, trapping them in their own webs. We bind the transference of evil spirits, spirits of infirmity, supplanting the gods of the people of the land, the gods of the groves, and every spirit that exalts science, logic, human reasoning, and demonic knowledge against the knowledge of God and makes man wise in his own eyes. We bind you in Jesus' name. We bind mammon and his agents. We bind the transference of evil spirits. We bind all demons sent forth to intimidate, harass, manipulate, lie against, mock, wear down, infect, destroy, spy, sabotage, monitor, track, besmirch, block, distract, confuse, pervert, stifle, curse, expose, stop, defile, corrupt, undermine, despise, assassinate, divide, confound, attack, reproach, and reduce the effectiveness of the righteous in Christ Jesus. We bind the shedding of injected persons upon us. We return and loose these attacks to the senders according to the covenant. We bind the bondage of generations of fools and the fool in Jesus' name. We bind the fool's anger in Jesus' name. We bind the carnal mind, food lust, addictions, and gluttony. We return to sender according to the covenant all in every reprisal, retribution, counterattack, psychic weapon, retaliation, all avenging, all blowback. All vengeance, blood rituals, every boomerang, each payback, and all requiting of our righteous warfare in Jesus' name. This includes every evil work, mark, right, ritual, ceremony, sacrifice, proclamation, pronouncement, vow, root work, or sin against us. Astral projection, sending demons to us to work against us and against all that pertains to us. No demon, no wicked person, or unrighteous event left behind. Binding the inordinate use of conjugal rights, returning to send our witchcraft attacks, through channeling the satellites against and satel- and the satellites against the website and the apps in Jesus' name. Returning Cameroonian wizardry, black magic, jujus, hexes, vexes, spells, and such in Jesus' name. Returning Nigerian and tribal witchcraft, wherever it came from in Jesus' name. Returning Chaldean witchcraft in the name of Jesus Christ. Returning Spanish witchcraft in the name of Jesus Christ. Breaking and destroying our social, emotional, psychological ties with food, drink, and drink which are displeasing to Jesus Christ. Binding superficial religious acts. Binding magic spells for love, money, protection, black magic, white magic, candle magic, hoodoo, root work, lucky charms, high magic, and folk magic spells. Binding the demons of energies, boomeranging their wicked works upon them. Binding all magical language, magic signs, and magical 
patterns even in numbering, binding synchrony in the name of Jesus, binding and caging Poseidon and all other underwater demons and stripping them of their crowns and powers and turning them over to Jesus Christ, binding Jewish black magic mysticism, magic writings, magic artifacts, binding the essence of magic and Jewish magic by practitioners, amulets, bowls, precious stones, incubations, divining practices, magic spells, and potions in Jesus' name. We bind all vampire spirits, voodoo, hoodoo, ancient arts, mystic rituals, devils attending the New World Order, New Age Movement, Great Reset. We bind make-believe, fantasy, fables, enchantments, false religions, numerology, horoscopes, the spirits and works of the oppressors, and the spirit and the children of disobedience. We bind martial arts. Yoga, transcendental meditation, antichrist ideologies and doctrines, Ahab and Jezebelic practices, lewdness, perversions, the outworking of vain deceit, death spirits, spirits of destruction, chaos and mayhem, oppression, depression, anarchy, premonition, clairvoyance, ESP, telepathy, psychokinesis, bio PK, out of body experiences, reincarnation, haunting, poltergeist, astral travel, psychic healing, demonic meditation spirit guides and defilement by wizards in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. We take authority, dominion, and power over the king of pride, and we bind his pride and his agents in the name of Jesus Christ. We send them into the spiritual cage and to the feet of Jesus for judgment. We bind our human, demonic blood, sexual, financial, animal, food, fecal, and soulish sacrifices. We bind all devils attached to idols and idolatry. We bind every form of rebellion, idolatry, root work, mind control, apathy, unyielding, nature worship, deception, idol mind, unfocused mind, scoffing, error, worldly indoctrination, military spirits, rioting abuse, all trolls, all fear, combative jealousy, fleshly ambition, the culture of corruption, weariness, betrayal, unfaithfulness, violence, and temptation to sin. We bind Belial, Beelzebub, Baal, Mole. Basilic, Python, Neptune, Zeus, Apollyon, Kali, all gods and goddesses, Osiris, Isis, On, all false deities in Jesus' name, Mammon, Atlas, Baphomet, and his 72, we bind you in the name of Jesus Christ. We send you into the spiritual cage and to the feet of Jesus for judgment. We undo the works of all demonic weapons, fireballs, poisons, voodoo pins and dolls, hot and cold spots, psychic weapons prompters, codes, triggers, charms, tumors, designs, and signals, and we return the afflictions to the worker of witchcraft and their pagan sources. We break the powers of every Masonic ritual, rite, ceremony, vow, pledge, and pact, especially those of the associated organizations. We bind the rituals, the brotherhood, the lodge, the craft, the worship, the grip, Freemasonry, and we bind the rituals of every secret society and the demons that they draw. In the name of Jesus Christ, thank you, Lord. We disconnect ourselves with the sword of the Spirit from all such in Jesus' holy name. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Amen. We bind every spirit that was familiar to the Laodiceans. We bind the pride and work of errors and foolishness of our own opinions. We bind being misled. We return and loose all the retaliations of the enemy upon his own head. According to the scriptures, we bind the traditions and customs rooted in sin. We denounce and renounce them all and loose ourselves from them. We bind the gang stalkers and send their fear, harassments, and witchcraft back on their own heads 
as well as their mind control in Jesus' name. We bind the spirit of slumber. Father, we bind the works of those who work to bring honor to themselves. We thank you, Father, that you have given us power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm us. We rejoice with you that our names are written in heaven. We bind every spirit that denies the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood atonement on the cross of Calvary. Father, we ask for eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to believe, and minds to receive what the Spirit of God says to the church. We repent of an evil heart of unbelief in accord with Calvary. We ask you, Father, to teach us to guard our hearts with all diligence. Lord, we've come to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke and chain, and to call for justice and plead for truth. Lord, develop in us a love for the truth. Lead us into truth. Your word is truth. Make us to know the truth, and your truth will make us free. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Lord, we've come to celebrate the scriptures with you and to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. We will not turn back from pursuing the enemy until the Godhead does. The Lord Jesus Christ is our commander-in-chief in whom we serve and obey. Father, we disconnect ourselves and bind every demon that has followed us, was sent to us, transferred to us in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind them and command them to leave us now in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind all the spirits coming through the web pages on the computer and through our cell devices, and we return them with any curses in Jesus' name. Father, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem and Israel and that area of the world in Jesus' name. We pray for kings and all who are in authority and all true Christians everywhere, especially those that are being persecuted or left behind in Afghanistan or some other place. Though we walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive us. You will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of our enemies, and your right hand shall save us. We cover ourselves, Father, in the blood of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the armor of God. We wear it continually. We thank you for the wall of fire that surrounds us with your glory in the midst. We thank you for your warring linking angels, your praising angels, Lord. But most of all, we thank you for your very presence in our midst. And we cover our mode of transportation, the blood of Jesus, even if someone else is uh, driving for us or, or the pilot or the captain or whomever they may be. We cover them all with the blood of Jesus. We take authority, dominion, and power over all interferences so that they do not cross our path. We thank you, Lord, for your protection for us in Jesus' name. We cover ourselves and our property with the blood of Jesus. We declare it to be holy ground. We take authority over all the demons of the night, any demon trying to trespass, bad dreams, night dreams, sex dreams, anything or anyone trying to get into our dreams, frustrations, anxieties, worries, frets, and fears trying to enter into our dreams, and we bind them and command them to stay away in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for your protection for us day and night. We give you the praise. We pull out. Fiery darts, pins, needles, spears, voodoo, witchcraft, curses, whatever was sent by the enemy. All hexes and vexes, we send them back now in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. We destroy. And set ablaze all ungodly silver cords, ley lines, and sever from ourselves, ungodly soul ties, attachments, covenants, agreements, oaths, consents, 
garlands, vows, pledges, pacts, leagues, and all other form of agreement with the demonic realm. We break down, destroy walls of protection, and melt false shields, false shields of protection around shamans, globalists, nanotechnology, Satanists, wizards, warlocks, and witches, divinators, liars, and such. We break the powers of every charm, love spell, vex, hex, and curse, fetishes, psychic prayers and thoughts, witchcraft, voodoo, magic, sorcery, brain frequency meditations, jinxes, potions, bewitchment, death spirits, sickness, pain, and torment, mind control, psychic powers, incense and candle burning, psychic warfare, chantings, incantations, crystals, hoodoo, root works, and everything, tribal rituals and sins, ungodly blessings. And we thank you, Father, for setting us free from the works of the enemy in Jesus' holy name. We thank you, Lord, for setting us free from the works of the enemy in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We return to sender all spirits of hate, bitterness, murder, envy, jealousy, wizardry, sorcery, bondage, fear, hate, and heaviness, blindness. We break every yoke and destroy every yoke that Jesus Christ did not sin because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. We throw off all false burdens now in the name of Jesus Christ. We break them, grind them, and destroy them in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for freedom in the spirit. We thank you for the love of God. We thank you for your patience and long-suffering with us. And we release the love of God that's found in Christ Jesus, our Lord, to all MIC members now. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Amen, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, that's a lot. Our featured song, I'm sorry, it's not a psalm, it's a proverb. Our featured proverb for tonight is Proverb 1. Amen. And our verses for meditation come from the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 18 through 31. That's Isaiah chapter 40, verses 18 through 31. Our featured ebook is Double-Minded Man, Spiritually Unstable. And that's an important book for everybody to read. Amen. So tonight, saints, we're going to talk about doing your own thing. We're going to talk about doing your own thing. Yes, I know. This is something we've all practiced to our detriment sometimes. Amen. Doing your own thing. Praise God. Now, I hope you have your writing instrument out because there are going to be some scriptures tonight, okay? And I might have to move a little faster than I would otherwise so that we can get them all in. Amen? Saints, this is serious business. And I want to bring to your attention that it is not happenstance that the Lord picked to preach this. It was deliberate and intentional. God wants to talk to you about you. And it's time to listen to him. Amen? Amen. 
idolatry, superstition, and divination are to be found wherever men or persons no longer look to the living God for help and protection and wherever their confidence is no more centered upon him and his eternal word. Let me go there again. Idolatry, superstition, and divination are to be found wherever persons no longer look to the living God for help and protection, and wherever their confidence is no more centered upon him and his eternal word. They flourish wherever men turn to helpers of their own choice. Helpers of their own choice. Trusting in things of time and sense, human wisdom and human reasoning, their own ability, their self-goodness. I'll help you. I'll do it again. Idolatry, superstition, and divination are to be found wherever people no longer look to the living God for help and protection and wherever their confidence is no more, no longer centered upon God and his eternal word. They flourish wherever people turn to helpers of their own choice. Trusting in things of time and sense, human with and human reasoning, their own ability and their own self-goodness. I hope you got that. But concerning these things, God says the following. Concerning these things, God says, the following in Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 5 Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 5 Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 5 this is what God says curse be the man that trusteth in man and make it flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and make it flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. Reliance. Self-reliance or trust in man, or trust in the creature, causes us to swerve aside from God the creator and is the first step along the road that leads to idolatry. Self-reliance, trust in man, 
causes us to swerve aside from God the Creator and is the first step along the road that leads to idolatry. Deceived by the lie of his own ability and sufficiency and trusting in his own merit, Cain, remember Cain? The firstborn of Adam and Eve brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. His very name means, I've got it. Yet, God could never look favorably upon this offering. It was but the result of his own work. He was doing his own thing, which were evil in God's sight. Genesis chapter 4, Genesis chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. Genesis chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. Genesis. Chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. And Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I've gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought up the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect, and Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. So we are led to understand that they both had been taught what God desires in an offering. Amen? They both had been taught what God desires in an offering. But Cain decided that that was not what he was going to do. He was doing his own thing. He decided that he wanted to bring the fruit of the ground to the Lord. But that's not what God required. God required a blood sacrifice. God required a blood sacrifice, and both of them had been taught and instructed in the way of the Lord concerning offering. So God expected a, uh, an animal sacrifice from both of them. Amen? Amen. First John. First John. 
all the way to the back of the Bible. First John chapter three verse twelve. First John chapter three verse twelve. First John chapter three verse twelve. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother. And wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil, and his brother's righteous. I think that speaks volumes. I'm certain it does. Blinded by his own righteousness. He had his own way uh, of presenting an offering to God. It wasn't what God asked for. It's what he wanted to do. Amen? He was blinded by his own righteousness, and Cain was filled with envy and hatred toward his brother. Abel to the contrary, relied on God's promise of the coming Redeemer and offered a more excellent sacrifice. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. Abel was conscious of his own helplessness. In fact, his name means transitory breath. So, in chapter in chapter 11 verse 4 we read, by faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gift, and by it he being dead yet speaking. So his testimony is still speaking for him, even though as far as earth is concerned, he is dead. Trusting likewise in our own abilities, Cain's descendants severed from the presence of God. That's very serious. Doing our own thing, we can take ourselves away from God. In fact, we do it every day if we don't think about it. Amen? So, they sought help in themselves. You know, I keep teaching you about Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 7, to help break through your dependency on yourself to solve all your problems and issues. Amen. They, they sought, they severed from the presence of God, sought help, in themselves, in their own skill and handicraft. They invented all sorts of musical instruments and of weapons. 
and built the first city. Enoch. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Genesis chapter 4 again. And we're going to verse 17. Genesis chapter 4, and we're going to verse 17. And I'm not going to read all of these begats and begats and begats. What does begat mean? It means fathers, sires. And Cain knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Enoch. And he builded a city and called the name of that city after the name of his son Enoch. And in verse 19, Lamech took unto him two wives. The name of the one was Ada, and the name of the other Zillah. And Ada bore Jabel. He was the father of such as dwell in tents, and of such as have cattle. And his brother's name was Jubal. He was the father of all such as handle the harp and organ. And Zillah, she also bare Tubal-Cain, an instructor of every artificer in brass and iron. And the sister of Tubal-Cain was Naamah. And Lamech said unto his wives, Ada and Zillah, hear my voice, ye wives of Lamech, hearken unto my speech, for I have slain a man to my wounding and a young man to my hurt. If Cain be avenged sevenfold, truly Lamech seventy and sevenfold. So as you can see, that generational curse of murder passed down the family line. Ah, that's right. Later, Nimrod, the first to be a mighty man on the earth, built Babel and Nineveh, the great city. It all reached its climax by the erection in the land of the Chaldeans. Now I want you to keep this name Chaldeans in your in your thoughts somewhere because you hear me in the opening prayer binding up their wicked works. These people have been wicked. Ooh. Back before Abram, back before he became Abraham, when he was still Abram. They've been wicked a long, long, long time. And their wickedness follows them to this day. Amen. And they live in the U.S. and all over the world. They live in Illinois and Michigan and Arizona and other places. They're here. Oh, but they are. Amen. And they don't have the greatest history in the world, even though it's all through the Bible. So, it 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 all reached its climax by the erection in the land of the Chaldeans. They were super witchcraft folks. They were the head of the pecking order when it came to occult and witchcraft activities and divination. Those were the Chaldeans. 
Amen. Let's see, where was that? Cast over there. Of the Tower of Babel, that's what they put up. From whence spread out all idolatry, divination, and sorcery. So let's go to Genesis chapter 10. Genesis chapter 10. I don't want you to think I made up this. I didn't make it up. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Genesis chapter 10, I'm beginning with verse 8. And Cush began Nimrod. He began to be a mighty one in the earth, and he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Wherefore it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter, before the Lord. And the beginning of his kingdom was Babel and Erech and Achad and Kalna in the land of Shinar. Shinar? Yes, that's one of the names that's used uh, for the area around Babylon, uh, in the area of the Chaldees. That's what is. That's another name for it in the Bible. The land of Shinar. Out of that land went forth Asher, and he builded Nineveh, and the city of Rehoboth and Kala, and resin between Nineveh and Kala. The same is a great city. So all of these suburbs, that's what we call them now, all of these suburbs came together and they became a great city. All right? Okay. Let me see if there's anything else I got to say about it. Amen. So, okay. Now, Shana is located what we used to call Babylonia. We've got all kinds of names now. And all of these suburbs that Nimrod and his family built formed a huge city. That's how that happened. We need to understand how folks get together and come together. Sometimes it's not the best idea, but they do it anyway. Amen. It's not the best idea, but they do it anyway. So Genesis chapter 11, Genesis chapter 11 with verse 4, starting with verse 4. Genesis chapter 11, starting with verse 4. And they said, go to, I'm starting in verse 4. And they said, go to, let us build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower. They were going to, they're going to have their whole world, their whole little idea of what the world ought to be. Without God, they're going to do it themselves. You know, I do it myself. Real self-will. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language. And this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Verse 7, 
two, let us go down. Let us go down. The Godhead came down. Okay? Let us go down. And there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. God separated them by language, by speech. Now that's God separating. Man always has a different idea. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. Amen. So, in Nahum, you don't have to write this down, Nahum chapter 1, verse 1, it talks about Nineveh. It begins a conversation about Nineveh. And in chapter 3, verse 4, in the book of Nahum, in the Old Testament, it reads, because of the multitude of the whoredom of the well-favored harlot, the mistress of witchcraft, that selleth nations through her whoredoms and families through her witchcraft. So they became quite wicked. Quite, quite wicked. Amen? Remember, years later, God sent Jonah to go preach to the Ninevites because God was going to judge them for this very wickedness that we're looking at here. And he didn't want to have anything to do with those people. And so he decided to take a cruise, but God interrupted his itinerary, shall we say. Centuries later, God said of Babylon, Now, Babylon is one of the places that God declares he's going to destroy. Amen? It's such a wicked place. It has such wicked origins that God says he's going to destroy it, and he means what he said. Centuries later, God said of Babylon, the daughter of the Chaldeans, you have trusted in your wickedness. Your wisdom and your knowledge led you astray. Persist then with your enchantments and the multitude of your sorceries, in which you have labored from your youth. Let now the astrologers, the stargazers, the monthly prognosticators stand up and save you from the things that shall come upon you. Behold, they are like stubble, and no one will save you. All right. Come down and sit in the dust, O virgin daughter of Babylon. Sit on the ground in abject humiliation. There is no throne for you, O daughter of the Chaldeans, for you shall no longer be called dainty and delicate. 
But these two things shall come to you in a moment, in one day, loss of children and widowhood. They shall come upon you in full measure in spite of the multitude of your claims to power given you by the assistance of evil spirits, in spite of the great abundance of your enchantment. For you, Babylon, have trusted in your wickedness. You have said, no one sees me. Your wisdom and your knowledge led you astray, and you said in your heart and mind, and there is no one besides me. Therefore shall evil come upon you, and you shall not know the dawning of it or how to charm it away. And a disaster and evil shall fall upon you that you shall not be able to atone for with all of your offerings to your God. And desolation shall come upon you suddenly, about which you shall know nothing or how to avert it. Persist then with your enchantments and the multitude of your sorceries, Babylon, in which you have labored from your youth, and see if perhaps you will be able to profit, if you will prevail and strike terror. You are wearied with your many counsels and plans. Let now the astrologers, the stargazers, and the monthly prognosticators stand up and make known to you and save you from the things that shall come upon you, Babylon. Behold, they are like stubble. The fire consumes them. They cannot even deliver themselves from the power of the flame, much less deliver the nation. There is no coal for warming or fire before which to sit. Such to you shall they, the astrologers and their kind, be those with whom you have labored and such their fate. Those who have done business with you from your youth, they will wander everyone to his own quarter in his own direction, and no one will save you. You say, boy, Pastor, that sounds pretty hard. Well, God's very serious. God's very serious. So let me share this with you because I want it to be extremely clear. Amen. Amen. I want it to be extremely clear. Ah. God said to these people, to these Babylonians, to these Chaldeans, I will take vengeance upon you and will not repent. So speaks our Redeemer who will save Israel from Babylon's mighty power. The Lord of hosts is his name. Amen. Never again will you be called the queen of kingdoms. For I was angry with my people, Israel, and began to punish them a little by letting them fall into your hands, O Babylon. But you showed them no mercy. You have even made the old folks to carry heavy burdens. You thought your reign would never end. Queen kingdom of the world, you didn't care a whit about my people or think about the fate of those who do them harm. All right. You felt secure in your wickedness. No one sees me, you said. 
Your wisdom and knowledge have caused you to turn away from me and claim that you yourself are Jehovah. That is why disaster shall overtake you suddenly, so suddenly that you won't know where it comes from. And there will be no atonement then to cleanse away your sins. Call out the demon hordes you've worshipped all these years. Call on them to help you strike deep terror into many hearts. You have advisors by the ton. Your astrologers and stargazers who try to tell you what the future holds. But they are as useless as dried grass burning in the fire. Cannot even deliver themselves. You get no help from them at all. Hear me, my people. You swear allegiance to the Lord without meaning a word of it. When you boast of living in the holy city and brag about depending on the God of Israel. Time and time again, I told you what was going to happen in the future. My words were scarcely spoken when suddenly I did just what I said. I knew how hard and obstinate you are. Your necks are as unbending as iron. You are as hard-headed as brass. That is why I told you ahead of time what I was going to do. So you could never say, my idol did it. My carved image commanded it to happen. So you see God was trying to deal with these people and their continued idolatry. And he was wanting them to repent, but they weren't interested. And the world today isn't much different. Everybody's got their own little idol and whatever that is, whether it be their job, their career, a lifestyle they want, themselves, their family, their children, something. They'll come up with something. Superstition and divination is but flagrant idolatry and the stronghold of all unbelief. That is why God, the Bible calls all of it an abomination to the Lord. Superstition and divination is but flagrant idolatry. That's right. Now, I know everybody grew up with somebody doing something. Amen? Everybody grew up. Everybody grew up, everybody grew up with somebody doing something. But God's not playing that game. And if you still have a tie to superstition and that kind of thing, you need to cut those ties now. Amen? Amen. It's an abomination to the Lord. It's an abomination to the Lord. You know, there are many different uh, groups of all kinds of people living all over the earth. And family lines have mixed with family lines of other cultures. And so you have persons that have superstition, old wives' tale, using divination, which is basically witchcraft, in all kinds of families. And if you've been told by a very righteous person that you have witchcraft in your family background, don't blow it off. Go to God and get clarity. Because you have something you need to deal with. 
Because of this, God told Abraham to get out of Ur of the Chaldees, the city of idolatry, and from his kindred. Get away from your family. That's what he told him. Get out of that city. Get away from your family. Well, God wouldn't do that. Yes, he did. In Acts chapter 7, I'll give you a moment to turn to Acts chapter 7, and I'm going to verse 3. Acts chapter 7, and I'm going to verse 3. Ur Kazdim, commonly translated as Ur of the Chaldees, is a city mentioned in the Bible as the birthplace of the Israelite and Ishmaelite patriarch Abraham. It is located in southern Iraq. It's mentioned in Genesis chapter 11. It identifies Abraham's original hometown as Ur of the Chaldees. Sometime during Abraham's adult life, his father Terah moved the family to the city of Haran in northern Syria. Amen. So that's your geography uh, lesson for the evening. So in Acts chapter 7, beginning with verse 3, the Bible says, And said unto him, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred, and come into the land which I shall show thee. And then he came out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Sharon. And from thence, when his father was dead, he removed him into this land wherein ye now dwell. So Abraham was told by God, get out of there. He wanted to develop a relationship with Abraham, and he separated him not just from the territory, but from his kindred. He separated him from the territory and from his kindred, from his family, from his relatives. He disconnected him. Amen. Some of us have a problem with that, but if you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to have to follow Jesus and not them. Joshua chapter 24, verse 2 Joshua chapter 24, verse 2. And Joshua said unto all the people, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time, even Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nacor, and they served other gods. Okay, so God is wanting to establish a relationship with Abram. He wasn't Abraham at the time. But he told him he had to come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and I will receive you. Amen. So let's get to doing what God says to do. Amen. But pastor, that's my family. Well, you've got a choice. You can follow Jesus or you can follow your family. Your choice. 
Your family doesn't have any blood to wash your sins away, dear. Amen. Genesis chapter 12, beginning with verse 1. Genesis chapter 12, beginning with verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing, and I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curses thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So what did Abram do? Abram departed, which meant he obeyed God. As the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him, and Abram was 70 and five years old when he departed out of Haran. Amen? Praise the Lord. So we understand that God does this. And Jacob put away all strange gods. Genesis chapter 35. Genesis chapter 35, beginning with verse 2. Genesis chapter 35 beginning with verse 2. Then Jacob said unto his house and to all that were with him, put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean and change your garments. And let us arise and go up to Bethel, and I will make there an altar unto God, who answered me in the day of my distress and was with me in the way which I went. So now we see Jacob doing the same thing, putting away the strange gods, coming out from among them, and going to obey God. Amen? Amen. By reason of it, Pharaoh hardened his heart. Pharaoh hardened his heart? Yes, he did. In Exodus chapter 7. Exodus chapter 7. Well, I want to stand, Pastor. Well, hang in there. God's explaining, and you're going to stand before it's over. That's why there's so many scriptures. Exodus chapter 7, beginning with verse 10. Exodus chapter 7, beginning with verse 10. And Moses and Aaron went in unto Pharaoh. And they did so as the Lord had commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servant, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers, now the magicians of Egypt. These are the same Chaldean people. That's who this is. Verse 11 is the same Chaldean folk. They also did in like manner with their enchantment. For they cast down every man his rod, and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rod. Aaron's rod swallowed up their rod. So God was showing them that his power was greater than the Chaldean witchcraft that they were accustomed to. 
Amen. And he hardened Pharaoh's heart, that he hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. So let's go to verse 22. We're still in Exodus chapter 7. Let's go to verse 22. Exodus chapter 7, verse 22. And the magicians of Egypt did so with their enchantment. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Neither did he hearken unto them as the Lord had said. And Pharaoh turned and went into his house. Neither did he set his heart to this also. Now, let me tell you about people that have been in witchcraft for a long, for a period of time. Their hearts become very hard. Nothing touches them. Nothing reaches them. Compassion, no sympathy, none of that stuff. They harden their own heart. You wonder how they could do blood sacrifices with a human. They have hard, hard, hard hearts. Amen. All right, we understand. Exodus chapter 8, verse 7. Exodus chapter 8, verse 7. And the magicians did so with their enchantments and brought up frogs upon the land of Egypt. That's right. This is, these people were at the top of their game when it came to witchcraft. But God was trying to show them that his power was greater than their witchcraft. Exodus chapter 8, verse 15. But when Pharaoh saw that there was respite, he hardened his heart and hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. All right, let's go to verse 19, Exodus chapter 8, verse 19. Then the magician said unto Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. They finally got it. Then the magicians, these same Chaldean witchcraft folk, said unto Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he hearkened not unto them, as the Lord had said. Verse 32. Verse 32. Exodus chapter 8, verse 32. And Pharaoh hardened his heart at this time also. Neither would he let the people go. Now let's flip over to chapter 9. Chapter 9. Exodus chapter 9. Exodus chapter 9. And verse 34, and when Pharaoh saw that the rain and the hail and the thunders, he sinned yet more and hardened his heart, he and his servants. And the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, 
neither would he let the children of Israel go as the Lord had spoken by Moses. So this is something we need to keep in mind. You know there have been people, and I used to wonder about this, that had been sitting in church for many years, many, many years. And they seemed to be, the older they got, the harder it was to reach them with the gospel. They've been sitting up there just listening and listening and listening and listening, but as they fail to respond to the gospel, as they fail to apply it to their own lives and hearts, they became hardened to the point that they ignored the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. So I want to warn you, church, if you sit here and you listen and you listen and you listen, but you don't apply what we teach you to your own life, this will happen. You will become hard to the Lord, and when he speaks, you won't hear. Amen. It's dangerous to just sit up and listen and ignore the Holy Spirit. It's very dangerous. Amen. You want to know how people backslide? They turn a deaf ear to God. They turn the shoulder. They want to do their own thing. They want to do it their way. That's how you start to backslide. Amen. And even God's chosen people were stiff-necked and obstinately rebellious in Egypt, in the desert, and in the promised land, though they knew the Lord's explicit command. Amen. God gave them explicit commands. In Ezekiel chapter 20, beginning with verse Ezekiel chapter 20, beginning with verse 2. Ezekiel chapter 20, beginning with verse 2. Then came the word of the Lord unto me, saying, Son of man, speak unto the elders of Israel and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, Are ye come to inquire of me? As I live, saith the Lord God, I will not be inquired of by you. Well, why would God say that? Well, you're about to find out. Wilt thou judge them, son of man? Wilt thou judge them? Cause them to know the abominations of their fathers, And say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God, In the day when I chose Israel, and lifted up mine hand unto the seed of the house of Jacob, and made, known, and made myself known unto them in the land of Egypt, when I lifted up mine hand unto them, saying, I am the Lord your God. Verse 6, In the day that I lifted up my hand unto them to bring them forth of the land of Egypt into a land that I had espied for them, flowing with milk and honey, which is the glory of all lands. Then said I unto them, Cast ye away every man the abominations of his eyes, and defile not yourselves with the idols of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Verse 8, but they rebelled against me and would not hearken unto me. They did not every man cast away the abominations of their eyes. 
neither did they forsake the idols of Egypt. Then said I, I will pour out my fury upon them to accomplish my anger against them in the midst of the land of Egypt. But I wrought for my name's sake that I should not be that it should not be polluted before the heathen. So God was also concerned about what the heathen thought about him and his power. You see, not only is he trying to convert the Israelites, he's trying to convert the heathen at the same time. All right? So God didn't wipe them out due to their disobedience because the heathen were watching. And they would assume that this God of the Israelites didn't have enough power. That's why they got uh, exterminated. And so he's no real God of any consequence. So God did not wipe them out, not that they hadn't deserved it by their disobedience, but because the heathen were watching. And he's trying to teach the heathen at the same time. So he says, but I wrought for my namesake, that it should not be polluted before the heathen, among whom they were, in whose sight I made myself known unto them and bringing them forth out of the land of Egypt. So the heathen were watching all this Red Sea action and Pharaoh's army drowning in the Red Sea and all of these plagues. They were watching. And gossipy people had to go run tell it, as you well know. Verse 10, wherefore I caused them to go forth out of the land of Egypt and brought them into the wilderness. And I gave them my statutes and showed them my judgments, which if a man do, he shall even live in them. Moreover, also, I gave them my Sabbath to be a sign between me and them, that they might know that I am the Lord that sanctify them, sanctify them, set them apart to himself. But the house of Israel rebelled against me in the wilderness. They walked not in my statutes, and they despised my judgments, which if a man do, he shall even live in them. And my Sabbaths they greatly polluted. Then said I, I would pour out my fury upon them in the wilderness to consume them. But I wrought for my name's sake that it should not be polluted before the heathen in whose sight I brought them out. Yet also I lifted up my hand unto them in the wilderness, that I would not bring them into the land which I had given them flowing with milk and honey, which is the glory of all lands, because they despised my judgments and not walked not in my statutes, but polluted my Sabbath, for their heart went after their idols. So I know some of you have wondered at some point why God hasn't seriously punished the church of the living God. Well, he does. However, The heathen are watching, and God's trying to draw the heathen too. Nevertheless, might I spare them from destroying them, neither did I make an end of them in the wilderness. But I said unto their children in the wilderness, Walk ye not in the statues of your fathers, neither observe their judgments, nor defile yourself with their idols. By the way, church, The idolatry that you grow up with, you've got to get rid of. Amen. That speaks for itself. Verse 19, 
I am the Lord your God, walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them. And hallow my Sabbath, and they shall be a sign between me and you, that ye may know that I am the Lord your God. Notwithstanding, the children rebelled against me. They walked not in my statutes, neither kept my judgments to do them. Which if a man do, he shall even live in them. They polluted my Sabbath. Then I said, I would pour out my fury upon them to accomplish my anger against them in the wilderness. Nevertheless, I withdrew my hand and wrought for my name's sake, that it should not be polluted in the sight of the heathen, and whose sight I brought them forth. And God goes on and on and on. Amen? He goes on all the way. Amen. He goes all the way to verse 44 with this. Okay, I'll start again from verse 38. And I will purge out from among you the rebels and them that transgress against me. I will bring them forth out of the country where they sojourn, and they shall not enter into the land of Israel. And ye shall know that I am the Lord. As for you, O house of Israel, thus saith the Lord God, go ye, serve every, serve ye every one his idols. And hereafter also, if you will not hearken unto me, but pollute ye my holy name no more with your gifts and with your idols. For in mine holy mountain, in the mountain of the height of Israel, saith the Lord God, there shall all the house of Israel, all of them in the land, serve me. There will I accept them, and there will I require your offerings, the first fruit of your oblations with all your holy things. I will accept you with your sweet favor, and I will bring you out from the people and gather you out of the countries wherein you have been scattered, and I will be sanctified in you before the heathen. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I shall bring you out of the land of Egypt, you into the land of Israel, into the country for which I lifted up my hand to give it to your fathers. And there you shall remember your ways and all your doings, wherein ye have been defiled, and you shall loathe yourselves in your own sight for all your evils that you have committed. Ye shall know that I am the Lord when I have wrought with you for my name's sake, not according to your wicked ways, nor according to your corrupt doings, O ye house of Israel, saith the Lord God. So God is seriously trying to work with these hard-headed, stiff-necked people who are rebellious and idolatrous. But he doesn't completely wipe them out, even though he punishes them severely, because he's trying to teach the heathen as well. Amen. Praise God. Where did I? Amen. Okay. Amen. 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 All right. I'm going to read bits and parts of Acts chapter 7. Uh, I'm going to start at 35. And I'm going to skip around a bit. So I'm going to go to Acts chapter 7, verses 35 through 51. So whatever I miss in your study time, you can read through the entire thing. 
verse 35. What did she say? I said Acts chapter 7, verse 35 through 51. I'm going to skip around. This Moses, whom they refused, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge? The same did God send to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel, which appeared to him in the bush. He brought them out after he had showed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness 40 years. This is that Moses which said unto the children of Israel, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him shall ye hear. This is he that was in the church in the wilderness, the church in the wilderness with the angel, which spake to him in Mount Sinai and with our fathers, who received the lively oracles to give unto us, to whom your fathers would not obey, but thrust him from them and in their hearts turned back again to Egypt. And you know they made the calf and all of that other stuff they had no business doing. Uh, let's see where we're going to go, Lord. All right, verse 45. Which also our fathers that came after brought in with Jesus into the possession of the Gentiles, whom God drave out before the face of our fathers unto the days of David, who found favor before God and desired to find a tabernacle for the God of Jacob. But Solomon built him a house. Howbeit the Most High dwelleth not in temples made with hands, as saith the prophet, Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What house will ye build me? Saith the Lord, or what is the place of my rest? Hath not my hand made all these things? Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. Ye do always resist the Holy Ghost. As your fathers did, so do ye. So God is very serious about this. Exodus chapter 20, beginning with verse 3. Exodus chapter 20 and verse 3. And even God's chosen people were stiff-necked and obstinately rebellious in Egypt, in the desert and in the promised land, though they knew the Lord's explicit command. They wanted to do it their way. God had said to them, Exodus chapter 20, beginning with verse 3, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not go in uh, to the ceramics class and make thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt have no such carvings either. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold them guiltless that taketh his name in vain. 
Amen. This is a serious business with God. Ooh, this is serious business with him. He's very serious about this church. And some of us have forgotten things that we knew that we learned perhaps as children in church. As we grew older and became more acquainted with the world and its ways, we put these things behind us, but God is not playing that game. And we thought it was okay to do whatever everybody else in the world was doing, but God never thought that. Amen. Leviticus, chapter 19, verse 31. Leviticus, chapter 19, verse 31. Regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. That's pretty direct and straightforward. Amen. Leviticus chapter 20, beginning with verse 6. Leviticus chapter 20, beginning with verse 6. And the soul that turneth after such as have familiar spirits and after wizards to go a-whoring after them, I will even set my face against that soul and will cut him off from among his people. Sanctify yourselves, therefore, and be ye holy. For I am the Lord your God, and ye shall keep my statutes and do them. I am the Lord which sanctify you. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 4, beginning with verse 15. Deuteronomy chapter 4, beginning with verse 15. Take ye therefore good heed unto yourselves. For ye saw no manner of similitude on the day that the Lord spake to you in Horeb out of the midst of the fire. Lest ye corrupt yourselves and make you a graven image, the similitude of any figure, the likeness of male or female. Now, you know there's statues everywhere, okay? They're in violation of this. Every statue. Amen. That's right. The likeness of any beast that is on the earth, the likeness of any winged fowl that flieth in the air, the likeness of anything that creepeth on the ground, the likeness of any fish that is in the waters beneath the earth. And lest thou lift up thine eyes unto heaven, and when thou seest the sun and the moon and the stars and even all the hosts of heaven, shouldest be driven to worship them and serve them. So you know people do this. You know that they do this, which the Lord thy God has divided unto all nations under the whole heaven. But the Lord has taken you and brought you forth out of the iron furnace, even out of Egypt, to be unto him a people of inheritance, as ye are this day. Furthermore, and then we went on to um, Aaron and that whole business. So, they uh, found out they weren't going over the Jordan. Verse 23, take heed unto yourselves, lest ye forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you, and make you a graven image or the likeness of anything which the Lord your God, thy God hath forbidden thee. 
For the Lord thy God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. Amen. God is not playing. He's serious. So Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 16. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 16. And thou shalt consume all the people which the Lord thy God shall deliver thee. Thine eye shall have no pity upon them, neither shalt thou serve their God, for that will be a snare unto thee. And some people that call themselves Christians are busy serving the gods of this world, and it is guaranteed to be a snare unto them. Deuteronomy chapter 7, beginning with verse 25. Deuteronomy chapter 7, beginning with verse 25. The graven images of their gods shall ye burn with fire, F-I-R-E. Thou shalt not desire the silver or gold that is on them, nor take it unto thee, lest thou be snared therein. For it is an abomination to the Lord thy God. Neither shalt thou bring an abomination into thine house, lest thou be a cursed thing like it. So the curse that's on this abomination comes on you when you bring it in your house. That's why we've taught you about emergency household cleaning, and we have a whole sermon on it. And the Holy Spirit will take you through your home if you submit yourself to him and show you the things in your home that offend God. And they need to be destroyed, if at all possible. Verse 26 again, Neither shalt thou bring an abomination into thine house, lest thou be a cursed thing like it, but thou shalt utterly detest it, and thou shalt utterly abhor it, for it is a cursed thing. Okay, Deuteronomy chapter 11, beginning with verse 26. Deuteronomy chapter 11, beginning with verse 26. Behold, I set before you this day a blessing and a curse, a blessing if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day, and a curse if you will not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside out of the way, which I command you this day, to go after other gods, which ye have not known. Amen. 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 Deuteronomy chapter 12, beginning with verse 29. Deuteronomy chapter 12, beginning with verse 29. When the Lord thy God shall cut off the nations from before thee, whether thou goest to possess them, and thou succeedest them, and dwell in their land, Take heed to thyself, that thou not be, be not snared by following them, after that they be destroyed from before thee, and that thou inquire not after their gods, saying, How did these nations serve their gods? Even so will I do likewise. God says, Don't do that. Thou shalt not do so unto the Lord thy God. For every abomination to the Lord, which he hateth, have they done unto their gods. For even their sons and their daughters they have burnt in the fire to their gods. What things soever I command you, observe to do it. Thou shalt not add thereto, nor diminish from it. 
Amen. Amen. God's just as to the point as he can be. All right. All right, Deuteronomy chapter 18, beginning with verse 9. Deuteronomy chapter 18, beginning with verse 9. Deuteronomy chapter 18, beginning with verse 9. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. Okay, so you see these people coming from India, and they have these new kind of garments, and they're in the store with the midriff exposed and all kind of patterns in the material, and demons are actually in the prints of the materials. Thou shalt not be buying them in the store, nor wearing them, nor bringing them home. Why? Because thou shalt be... Obeying Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 7, and thou shalt not pick up and try on anything the Holy Spirit hasn't given you permission to pick up and try on. That's why. Amen? Amen. There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that uses divination, or palm readers, or tea leaf readers, or whatever else they come up with or an observer of times, horoscopes, or an enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a consulter with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer. You haven't got any business out there at the cemetery trying to talk to people that have already been buried. It's a crime and a sin. It's an abomination. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God. For these nations which thou shalt possess, hearken unto observers of times and unto diviners. But as for thee, the Lord thy God hath not suffered thee so to do. The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me and him, Unto him shall thou hearken. Amen. Ooh. Superstitious practices may take on seemingly innocent forms. They may be done seriously or just for fun. But whenever man indulges in any of them, consciously or otherwise, he will inevitably by the power of suggestion, by the power of suggestion, come under a satanic influence. The superstitious beliefs act upon the unconscious motives in the hidden depths of his soul and thus govern his everyday judgments and actions. I'll, I'll say that again. Superstitious practices may take on seemingly innocent forms. They may be done seriously or just for fun. But whenever man indulges in any of them, consciously or otherwise, 
he will inevitably, by the power of suggestion, under a satanic influence. The superstitious beliefs act upon the unconscious motives in the hidden depths of his soul and thus govern his everyday judgments and actions. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. Ephesians. Chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. Ephesians chapter 2, beginning with verse, <coughs> excuse me, verse 1. And you have he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past, Ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the same spirit, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation or lifestyle in times past, in the lust of our flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. So God's saying, you used to be out there in the world doing whatever the world was doing because that's what you were doing too. But now it's time to let all of that go. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Time and again, it has been confirmed from actual experience that such a person will, more or less, according to the kind of superstition or sorcery practice, come under a constraint in his soul and mind, under the spell of Satan. Deliberately or not, he enters into a contract with Satan and so places himself under the control of lying spirits and evil spiritual powers, which are hidden behind all superstition, all divination, and all sorcery. Amen. In the same manner, As through faith in God's word, man enters by his spirit into close and intimate fellowship with God, he will, through the sins of superstition, divination, and magic, which are the so-called sins of abomination, enter into a contract-like relationship with Satan becoming a prisoner of the powers of darkness. He has fellowship and is partner with them. Amen? This is a very dangerous place to be, saints. So when I tell you you need to spend more time with God, you do. He wants to uncover truth to you so you can be free. Amen? 
He wants to uncover truth to you so you can be free. God wants to uncover truth to you so you can be free. But you have to decide you want to spend time with God to get free, to learn, to hear, to grow, to know. Amen? All right, let's see. Where did I leave off, Holy Spirit? I left off over here somewhere. Leviticus chapter 17, verse 7. Leviticus chapter 17, verse 7. Leviticus chapter 17, verse 7. And they shall no more offer their sacrifices unto devils, to whom they have gone a whoring. See, when you wander off doing worldly stuff, God calls it whoredom. God calls it whoredom. You've left your first love, Jesus, and you're out there with the devil again. He calls it whoredom. This shall be a statue forever unto them throughout their generation. Amen. Some of you need to read that double-minded book from tonight. Deuteronomy chapter 32, beginning with verse 15. Deuteronomy chapter 32, beginning with verse 15. But Jeshurun waxed fat and kicked. Thou art waxen fat, and thou art grown thick. Thou art covered with fatness. Then he forsook God, which made him, and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. Now, you've seen this, and maybe you've done it. You got problems. You ask God to help you. He comes and helps you. You get from out of the burden. Things start prospering and looking good, and then you're so busy uh, prospering and getting this and doing that and attaining this and achieving that, that you, um, you stop with the devotion you once had to God when you were in trouble. See, the devotion that you developed when you were in trouble, you were supposed to continue and maximize. But no, that's not what you did. You dropped that off. The prayers you used to pray, the things you used to do before God, you don't do that now. Why? Because you're too busy prospering. Amen. They provoked him to jealousy with strange gods, with abominations provoked they him to anger. They sacrificed unto devils, not to God, to gods whom they knew not. To new gods they came newly up, whom your fathers feared not. Amen. Whom your fathers feared not. No, I am suggesting that what the pagans sacrifice, they offer in effect to demons, to evil spiritual powers, and not to God at all. I do not want you to fellowship and be partners with diabolical spirits by eating at their feast. You cannot drink the Lord's cup and the demon's cup. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and the demon's table. 
So, here we come with something you're not going to like. Some of you walk in the Chinese restaurant, and as you walk in the door, there's the biggest Buddha you ever did see in your whole life. In fact, the Buddha is actually bigger than you are. And what do you do? You walk right past it like it's not there and march in there and and order their food and leave the money that God blessed you with so that they can use it for that idol. I'm just giving you a practical example of what God's talking about. Amen. Just one. I'm not going to go into two and three examples. We don't have time. I just gave you one. I've seen people do this. They leave a deliverance meeting with the power of God moving. They say, okay, let's go get some food to eat. All right. They take you to the restaurant. They walk right into this Chinese restaurant, and in the entrance is the biggest Buddha you have ever seen in your life. It's bigger than the people that are walking in. And they act like they don't even see it. Amen. Amen. Illicit relationship, God condemns as spiritual whoredom, prostitution, playing the harlot, adultery, fornication. You got it? This illicit relationship, God condemns as spiritual whoredom, prostitution, playing the harlot, adultery, and fornication. My people ask counsel of their wood, and their staff gives them oracles and instructs them for the spirit of harlotry has led them astray, and they have played the harlot, withdrawing themselves from their subjection to their God. Well, let me see what God has to say about this. He says, my people habitually ask counsel of their senseless wood idols and their staff of wood gives them oracles and instructs them. For the spirit of harlotry has led them astray, and they have played the harlot, withdrawing themselves from subjection to their God. So that's one of the ways you can tell that people are backsliding. They start withdrawing from fellowship with the saints. You don't hear from them. You don't see them in the chat room. You don't see them uh, in the prayer room. There sometimes saints sit there, and their present idol is their feeling. Their present idol is their feeling. They're sitting there petting their feelings, having their pity party, or whatever the emotion might be at the time. And they don't want to come around the saints because they're busy nursing whatever um, enemy of their soul they choose to nurse at that time. That's dangerous, saints. In this day and hour, there's no guarantee you can get back in the kingdom like that. You can't afford to sit out there 
and pet and stroke and nurse your emotion. It just isn't going to happen. Amen. Amen. We're going to learn how to obey God. Amen. Through the lightness of her whoredom, she defiled the land and committed adultery with stones and with stock. Let's look at Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 9. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 9. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 9. Passed through the lightness of her whoredom that she defiled the land and committed adultery with stones and with stocks. Now, you've seen those um, Georgia Guidestones and what's the other one called? I've forgotten. I'm too busy on this sermon. Um, some stock or other. I forgot the name of the other one right now. It'll come to me later. And you know people go out there to do their little worship and whatever it is. They still have groves in other countries, and here. There's all kinds of idolatry in the land. It doesn't matter what country you're in. Amen? Amen. You know, some people, their their place of worship is the golf course. And I'm going to leave it there. Because there's so many idols to choose from in our cultures. Amen. Amen. Praise God. They have no knowledge who carry about their wooden idols and keep on praying to a God that cannot save. Now, when we met the real uh, Bishop Kanko, he told us about the heritage of his family. And the heritage of his family was they had an idol, and it was a wooden idol. And wherever they moved to, they had to carry it on their heads and take it wherever it went. And they had to feed it and do this and do that, and everything was was um, was done around the idol. They had to take care of the idol. Well, some of you, you go in the nail salon, and they're doing the same thing. They've got their little idol in the corner, and they got some fruit sitting there, and they got another one in the corner, and they got a candle there, and on and on and on it goes. Amen. It's a real world. We have a real God with real power. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Let's see. And that's what happened. So, in Isaiah, the Lord says, assemble yourselves and come, draw near together, you survivors of the nations. They have no knowledge who carry about in religious processions or into battle their wooden idols and keep on praying to a God that cannot save. Now, you know you see these people who are busy, um, who are busy, you know, they have this uh, lucky cap or they're, they've got something else they've come up with. And whenever they win a game, 
they're busy kissing on their lucky cap or their lucky whatever the whatever it was, you know, just whatever. Some inanimate object that can't do a thing, but they're kissing on it all over the place like it's God and it did something for them. You've seen that. Amen. To put one's trust in something other than God himself and to expect help and advice from the powers hidden behind the staff or the divining rod or the wooden stone or any other means which they use to influence men is by God rightly regarded as unfaithfulness to himself, the true husband and helper, and is condemned as prostitution or holotry with other men and lovers. Amen? So in Isaiah 54, beginning with verse 4, Isaiah 54, beginning with verse 4, Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be thou confounded, for thou shalt not be put to shame. For thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth, and shalt not remember the reproach of thy widowhood any more. For thy maker is thine husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and thy redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth shall he be called. So, saints, we've got a lot of growing to do. Isaiah chapter 62, beginning with verse 4. Isaiah chapter 62, beginning with verse 4. Thou shalt no more be termed forsaken, neither shall thy land any more be termed desolate, but thou shalt be called Hephzibah, and thy land Beulah, for the Lord delighteth in thee, and in thy land, and thy land shall be married. For as a young man marrieth a virgin, so shall thy sons marry thee, and as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall thy God rejoice over thee. You see, this is what God's looking for. But he's not getting it the way he wants, so we're going to learn till we get there. Amen. We're going to learn because God's going to teach us. Psalm 54, 4. Psalm 54, verse 4. Behold, God is mine helper. The Lord is with them that uphold my soul. Mm-hmm. Ezekiel chapter 16. Ezekiel chapter 16. I think we all know what Ezekiel chapter 16 is. Amen. Thou distrust in thine own beauty. Verse 15. And playest the harlot because of thy renown, and pourest out thy fornications on every one that passed by. His it was, and thy garments thou didst take, and deckest thy high places with divers colors, and playest the harlot thereupon. The like thing shall not come, neither shall it be so. Thou Thou hast also taken thy fair jewels of my gold and of my silver, which I have given thee, and madest to thyself images of men, and didst commit whoredom with them. Amen. So God's saying he's had enough. He's had enough. 
Amen. He's had enough. All right. There are many more scriptures, but the Lord says, I've given you enough for you to get the point. Amen. Man deserts God, his true partner, and by his prostitution of spirit and soul and body, he joins himself to the prince of this world. Often unconsciously, he thereby delivers himself up to the powers of darkness and comes under the spell of Satan into a state of bondage and possession. Consequently, spiritual harlotry leads to carnal fornication. Consequently, spiritual harlotry leads to carnal fornication, as carnal fornication leads to spiritual harlotry. All right? That's the way it goes. So are you ready to write the scriptures down? Okay? You're going to have to look these up yourself. Okay? Exodus chapter 34, verses 12 through 17. Exodus chapter 34, verses 12 through 17. Numbers chapter 25, verse 1 through 5. And verse, no, that's right. Numbers chapter 25, verses 1 through 5. Numbers chapter 31, verses 15 through 17. Numbers chapter 31, verses 15 through 17. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 3 through 6. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verses 3 through 6. Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 17. Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 17. Ouch. Ow. First King. First King. Chapter 11, verses 1 through 8. First King. Chapter 11, verses 1 through 8. Nehemiah. Nehemiah, N-E-H period. You'll figure it out. Nehemiah, chapter 13, verses 26 through 27. Nehemiah, chapter 13, verses 26 through 27. Jeremiah, Jeremiah, chapter 23, verses 13 through 14. Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 8 through 9, and verses 21 through 23. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians. Let's see, where did I stop, Lord? Okay, here we are. Amen. You need to read these scriptures because they say some, that God's talking serious and deep. He's not playing around at all. Amen. And you say, well, boy, this sounds 
Yes, it is. Because God is not going to have it. I'm just going to tell you right now, he's not going to have it. He's not going to have his people running around chasing demons as if they were God. He's just not going to have that. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 15 through 20. Amen. He's just not going to have it. All right, I'll read you this one. Starting with verse 15, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting with verse 15. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Then I shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of a harlot? Forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, he saith he, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Cut it out. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? Ye are not your own. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God. Chapter 10, 1 Corinthians, chapter 10, beginning with verse 7. 1 Corinthians, chapter 10, beginning with verse 7. Neither be ye idolaters, as some as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. God not only regards the practice of idolatry, superstition, and magic and abomination, but he also calls the person who is doing it an abomination unto the Lord, utterly loathsome and considers him to be one with Satan. Deuteronomy 18, 12. Deuteronomy chapter 18, 12. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. God is very serious, saints. All the sins of abomination and idolatry signify, therefore, the greatest enmity against God. Their origin is not just pagan, but in a special way demonic. More and more, they alienate from God the Christian and heathen nation. 
God's warning of punishment is quite severe. So, I have to take a breath and drink something because my throat's getting dry. I'm going to end the sermon there for tonight. But I think you've gotten the idea of what God has to say about this subject matter. And he's serious saying, take him seriously. Take him seriously. Amen? He's not calling you to beat yourself up about your past, calling you to come to him about your past. Amen? He wants you to understand the importance and the significance of living a holy life, separated from the world unto God. Amen? Amen. 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 Okay, Joanne, let me answer this for you. That's between that Christian and God. If that cross has a a figure that would be called Jesus on it, it's idolatry. If it's just a cross, not necessarily. Okay? You need to spend your time asking Jesus how he sees it and how he wants you to live your life. I think that's plain enough. Amen. 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 So I think you're getting the idea. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Let's see, Lord, where did I leave off? I'm over here. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for keeping up with me. Amen. Thank you, sir, for keeping up with me. All right. All right. Let's see. Let me go this way. Stretch your fingers. Stretch your little fingers out. They had a lot of work to do, but it's important work. It's important work. We want to please the Lord. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning the fallout from the surprise attack on Israel by Hamas is beginning. One disastrous decision by Joe Biden is coming back into focus. And Marjorie Taylor Greene asked one important question that sent Democrats into a panic. The botched withdrawal from Afghanistan in 2021 by President Joe Biden is one of the biggest foreign policy debacles in American history. The poor planning and preparation by the Biden regime resulted in billions of dollars worth of advanced American military equipment being abandoned in the country. The Taliban received a massive windfall of vehicles, aircraft, ammunition, advanced communications gear, and more than 300,000 small arms, including machine guns, sniper rifles, and grenade launchers. 
The exact amount of military equipment abandoned in the country remains a mystery. After the electronic database used to track the equipment crashed in early 21 and was never repaired. A high-ranking official in the Israel Defense Forces told Newsweek in June that some of the small arms abandoned by the U.S. in Afghanistan ended up in the hands of Palestinian militants in the Gaza Strip. Setting off, selling off American weapons as a source of funding for the cash-strapped Taliban government in Afghanistan. The Israeli official said arms being smuggled out of Ukraine and Afghanistan were dangerous for the country for two main reasons. One is that they can research capabilities and then learn how to manufacture them. I'm talking especially about Iran, the Israeli official told, told Newsweek. The other problem is that we are very worried that some of these capabilities are going to fall to Hezbollah and Hamas' hands. Abandoned American weapons and equipment could have been used by Hamas in their surprise cross-border attack into Israel that killed nearly 1,000 people and left countless more injured. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene wants to get to the bottom of where the weapons Biden left behind in Afghanistan ended up. She wondered if any of those weapons made their way into the hands of Hamas. I want to track the serial numbers of the weapons that Hamas is using against Israel, Green said during a Fox News interview. And I want to know if they came from Afghanistan or if they came from weapons that we provided to Ukraine. Biden and European allies have flooded notoriously corrupt Ukraine with weapons in their fight against Russia. Weapons from the country are suspected of ending up on the black market. The Biden regime could be inadvertently arming terrorists around the globe. Joe Biden's disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan could haunt the world for years to come. So we want to thank the righteous judge for his adjudications concerning such. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning. A lawsuit has been filed against the Minnesota Secretary of State, Steve Simon, alleging the state's practice of cleaning its border roles by sharing citizens' private information with a third party violates federal law. And although this case is limited to Minnesota, other states are doing the same thing. Anyone who obtains a state driver's license or identification card knows the state collects a lot of personal information in the licensing process. In the 1994 Federal Driver's Privacy Protection Act restricts the disclosure and use of personal information found in state motor vehicle databases. Yet since 2014, Minnesota has been giving this information to the Electronic Registration Information Center, called ERIC, to maintain the state's voter registration records. As a part of the agreement, Minnesota promised to give ERIC the following information from everyone who gets a license, name, date of birth, address, driver's license or state identification card number, the last four digits of the social security number, phone number, email address. 
Don't you think that's a bit much? I do. This includes registered voters and people who are not registered to vote, plus minors ages 16 and 17 who are not yet old enough to vote, but who are in Minnesota allowed to pre-register for voting. The lawsuit filed in the U.S. District Court for the District of Minnesota alleges that sharing data collected in the driver's license process violates the DPPA. The filing was announced Thursday, October 12th, in a press call with attorney Eric Carter of the law firm Mormon, Cardell, and Erickson on behalf of the Minnesota Association for Government Accountability and Individual Minnesota Citizens, Parents, Minors, and State Senators, Coran and Kelvin Ball. The DPPA has 14 exceptions that allow for the disclosure of private driver data. For example, it could be shared if it's for law enforcement purposes, for insurance purposes, or if an individual specifically consents for their private driver data to be disclosed for use by something like the commercial retailer. Another exception allows private driver data to be disclosed if it's for use in a legally permitted government function. Eric uses the data to make lists of eligible but unregistered voters and requires the state it contracts with to use these lists to attempt to get them registered for voting. Mm-hmm. This, the plaintiffs argue, is the real purpose of Eric, and it is not allowed. Voter registration drives are political and not the role of government. The U.S. Election Assistance Commission says this isn't a government function. Federal law states that voter registration drives are a private function. It's something that political parties, nonprofits, and campaigns do. So how is it that we're using our private driver data in Minnesota for government-sponsored voter registration drives? Minnesota's membership agreement with ERIC also allows ERIC to share the private driver data with ERIC's agents, contractors, and subcontractors. The plaintiffs are asking for the court to stop the Secretary of State from sharing their private data kept by driver vehicle services through either a temporary restraining order or preliminary injunction while this litigation is pending. The Minnesota Department of State does not comment on pending litigation. Press Secretary Cassandra Nudson said the following states are members of ERIC and also share private driver's license data with ERIC. Alaska, Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Delaware, Georgia, Illinois, Kentucky, Maine, Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, Minnesota, Nevada, New Jersey, New Mexico, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, South Carolina, Texas, Utah, Vermont, Washington, and Wisconsin. We must execute our election activities in a nonpartisan manner, and we should never use our government resources, our data, to influence elections. This data, in many cases, is not available to the public or other partisan entities for political or other purposes. Mr. Corrin said he mentioned a variety 
of legislation pending in Minnesota that could add to the number of citizens having personal data shared, including automatic voter registration for anyone who interacts with the Department of Public Safety for anything driver's license or ID related. And anyone who interacts with the Department of Human Services would also have their information sent in, and they will be automatically enrolled in the statewide voter registration system. I think we should be very clear. Minnesota must be compliant with the DPPA, protecting their privacy, private personally identifiable information, and we need to stop participating in ERIC because I believe Minnesota elections should not be for sale to private companies for partisan purposes, Mr. Coran said. Mr. Cardle said election watchers have been complaining about Eric's use of driver data for years, but nothing has happened, and they need the help of the court to enforce the federal law. This is the biggest data privacy case ever but you, because you have 300 million records involved. He said, I mean, Eric has bragged that it has 300 million records, including driver's data. It's just an extraordinary breach of the driver protection, of the Driver Privacy Protection Act, and people should be concerned. So we want to thank the righteous judge for his adjudications concerning such. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning. Tragically, since the mass COVID injection campaign began to the end of September 2023, athletes have had serious health issues post-vaccination. Of those, 1,400 have died. It's not only athletes that are dying suddenly. In 2023, there's been an 82% increase compared to 2020 in online news content citing died suddenly. In July, we reported that 1,888 athletes were recorded as having serious health issues post-vaccination. Sadly, 1,310 had died. This was according to the latest reports of athletes recorded in Good Sciencing's list at the time. Good Sciencing is continuously updating its list, and tragically, the number keeps rising. From the rollout of the mass COVID injection campaigns to the end of September 2023, Good Sciencing had recorded 2,003 athletic cardiac arrests or serious issues. The total includes 1,400 who have died. Many of these heart issues and deaths happened shortly after the person had received a COVID injection. Good Sciencing relies on the public to make reports to them and what they discover during research. Almost all of those on their list have been reported in the media. There are many countries or states with large populations that have almost no reports in our list. That probably means events are not being reported to us, Good Sciencing said. While many of the serious conditions suffered by athletes are related to their heart, Good Sciencing noted in 2022 and 23, reports of the number of new cancers increased. In some places, some doctors reported five times more cancers than in 20 and 21, and many of those are detected immediately labeled 
stage four. We leave it to others to draw conclusions from this, but there have been many newly discovered cancer deaths around the world, often described as died after a short illness. All right. I'm going to let you finish reading that last part, okay? Moving on. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning that delicious that that delicious slice of pizza you are eating may come with an invisible side of plastic. Everyday microplastics, tiny plastic fragments, smaller than a grain of rice, are making their way into our food supply, our water, and subsequently our bodies. Early research shows reason for concern finding Microplastics can cause inflammation and oxidative stress in mice and accumulate in animal organs. Larger plastics like shopping bags and water bottles degrade into microplastics over time. Elements like sunlight and water break down plastics that evade waste management, reducing them to microscopic size. Everyday products like cosmetics, synthetic fibers, and single-use Plastic bags also shed plastic particles. These tiny plastic fragments travel through water, air, and the food chain until they ultimately enter our bodies. Plastic production has climbed exponentially to over 460 million tons in 2019. Estimated that people ingest approximately 5 grams of plastic per week, an amount equal to the weight of a credit card, according to a 2019 analysis published by the World Wildlife Federation, an independent conservation organization. Researchers worldwide are investigating microplastics health impacts. Studies show that microplastics are pervasive. In 2018, 93% of tested bottled waters contain microplastics, according to research published in Frontiers in Chemistry. Since many people consume bottled water daily, Microplastic exposure is far-reaching. Unfortunately, microplastics are largely unavoidable in today's world. Dr. Christopher Palmer, a Harvard professor, said they are everywhere, including in the snow at the top of Mount Everest. In fact, children born today are exposed to microplastics in utero. A small study of six human placentas found microplastics in all the tissue studies. In the past year, Researchers tested 22 people and found that most had detectable microplastics in their blood, according to a 2022 study published in Environmental International. Research links plastic chemicals such as phthalates and biphenols to conditions like obesity and diabetes, potentially caused by inflammation and hormone disruption. Surgery may introduce microplastics to bloodstream and organs. And I'm going to let you read the rest of that. Amen? Praise the Lord, because it tries to give you a few suggestions as to what you ought to do. Amen. Wow. That's a lot, Jesus. That's a lot. So we want to thank the righteous judge for his adjudications concerning such. Amen. Brother Marshall, we're ready to pray.
Amen. Thank you, Father. Amen. This has been quite some... Uh, <laughs> uh, he hastens and chastens his will to make known. We thank you, Father God. <clears throat> You're trying to prepare us, to prepare your bride, a, cho- a, a choice virgin bride for your coming, because Jesus is coming. Lord, help us to be ready for the Lord, Lord's return. Some of the Jewish people are looking for their Messiah. They kind of did, kind of missed out on the fact that he came of the first time. So, Father God, we thank you that Jesus paid that price when he hung on that tree for us. We plead the blood of Jesus over each one of these prayer requests, these adjudications, Father God, for, particularly for those who are already members of the body of Christ and all the children, all those coming into the body of Christ, Father God. You said believe in the Lord Jesus and be so-so. You'll be saved in your household. We ask you to save, heal, deliver, preserve, and make whole all those that think they've called upon the name of the Lord, but they're still perhaps following other gods. They just didn't know, Father. And maybe they thought, well, everybody else is doing it, but they forgot that the heathen compared themselves among themselves is not wise. <laughs> so we want to be wise. Father, why is the servant harmless as dove? We ask for adjudications concerning the the, uh, the business concerning this thing that Marjorie Taylor Greene is bringing to light about where did all these armaments come from that uh, some of these terrorist organizations got a hold of? Did uh, the United States inadvertently, or maybe, well, I don't want to go there, but maybe just inadvertently just uh, allow them to get into their hands? We thank you, Father. We ask for your adjudications. Because you've given Jesus all power <clears throat> in heaven and in earth. And we thank you, Father God, that he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. And you said, call your remembrance. Let us plead together. So I call your remembrance of your word, Lord, in Jesus. And for all these different adjudications, Father God, including what's going on, not just with Minnesota. Apparently, it looks like it affects a whole lot of other states, Father God, with this uh, this Eric group is is uh, ignoring the driver's protection, privacy protection. They seem to ignore a lot of the laws going on. Uh, they make up their own new laws, Father God. Uh, they do whatever's convenient for their pocketbook or whatever's convenient for the people that will pay them the most. Father, we ask for adjudications in each and every one of these situations, Father. We thank you for these people like Mr. Whoever it was, the different uh, uh, state legislators from Minnesota that are actually standing up against this, Father, in Jesus' name. We ask for adjudications. We thank you for those that are actually being willing to put their names out there, and they say, "Yeah, I'm I'm against this, uh, uh, you know, squandering our information." And we thank you, Father God, about the, the different people that are bringing to light, and this new group I hadn't heard about before, bringing to light about what's going on with the athletes, Father God. That that this a group called Good Sciencing, and we thank you, Father God. There are a lot of people. Even as I talked to a gentleman today, he went to a funeral yesterday for one of his closest friends, and his. This closest friend just died, and his his brother, the man who just died, he's off. I didn't ask if he had the vaccine. I don't know. A lot of people have, Father God. A lot of people are gone with that because, well, you know, this is the science. This is, but who who which science? You, you just said, Father God. Some people, it's in Timothy, uh, false evidence of science. They're calling something real when it's false, Father God. They, Father, we ask for adjudications, Father God. We thank for this group that's bringing things to light. <laughs> Father, belatedly, for some of these young people, these young athletes, Father God, who, who had their hearts stopped or whatever, have other issues. And we've heard about different people talking about the new cancers that are just suddenly appearing. Like some people call it turbo cancer. They said it was an instant stage four cancer. Well, how could that be? How could that be? 
some people have a little clue. They think they know what's going on, going on, Father God, from this uh, this crisis that's going on. Not just the United States. Oh no, no, no. All the Western world, Father God, they don't seem to like the people in um, in uh, all these different areas. And some people that pretend to like Indigenous Peoples Day. Uh, not just uh, American Indians. How about the people, the Aborigines in, in Australia, where they were forced to take the vaccine? The children were being jabbed without parents' consent or anybody else, not even their own consent. Father God, and some people are poof, I know about that. We ask for adjudications, Father God, and you know what to do with them. Each and every one of them, Father, in Jesus' name. You said in your word, each and every one of these different situations, Father God, including what's going on with the indiscriminate. Hmm, Ingestion, perhaps, of plastic. Some people, hmm, some people think they they know what's best for them, and and I'm still learning too, Father God. But you said these people that are doing these things willingly, because they had uh, an agenda that Pat Holiday told us about many, many years ago. And Sabrina's reminded about the Georgia Guidestones again tonight, Father God, which apparently you tore down because you're not in favor with that, reducing the Earth's population by more than seven billion people. They don't say quite how quickly they're going to do it. But they're, they're these globalists, these people that, as, pa, as, pa, as uh, Pastor Sabrina said, that worship idols, their hearts are so hard, they really can sacrifice babies. It wasn't just done by the heathen nations many years ago. It's been done even now. But Father God... Jesus, a very present help in trouble. So we call upon the name of the Lord Jesus. He said, if two of you on earth agree to touch anything you ask, it shall be done in my Father's name. He said, call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver thee, and I shall glorify me. He said, put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Put your remembrance of your word, you said in Psalm 57, 6. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have digged a pit for me, into which, the, into the midst thereof, they are fallen themselves in Jesus' name. Those people, Father God, in Psalm 58, verses 3 and 6, the wicked are estranged from the womb. They, they go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. And we know what happens to liars, Father God. It's not a nice thing. Break their teeth, O God, in their mouth. Break out the teeth of the young lions. And as Pastor Sabrina has been reminding, reminding us about what happens to liars, Father God, and I just came across the scripture today. Let me Jesus to get to it quickly. In Deuteronomy 18, uh, beginning, no, Deuteronomy 19, sorry, 19, beginning at verse 16. If a false witness rise up against any man to testify against him, that witness, uh, that witness is wrong, then both the, the men between whom the controversy shall stand before the Lord, before the priests and the judges in those days, and the judges shall make a diligent inquisition. I don't know if any judges are willing to do that these days including the Minnesota situation. Behold, if that witness, a false witness, hath testified falsely against that brother, verse 19, Deuteronomy 19, 19, Then shall ye do unto them as he thought to have done unto his brother, so shalt thou put away the evil from among you. Even those people like Hillary, who thought it was a good idea to um, blackmail Trump because, oh, you know, he's, he's crazy. No one thinks what he's saying is real. Uh, maybe... Um, 70-some million Americans to vote for him, thought that maybe he has a little bit more truth. He may not be perfect. A little bit more truth than this Hillary character who um, looks like she was prompted to do this by her handlers, Father God. And who's handling her? Even as Pat Holiday found out, whenever you submit yourself to obey any demon, you become their servant. 
Some people think they're they're controlling the demons, but the demons are controlling them. So, Father God, whether they're working through the CIA or whoever they're working through, we ask for your your adjudications in every one of these situations, and we thank you for doing so, and we give you praise and honor and glory because you haven't finished yet, Father. You haven't finished yet. You're not done, and you're going to wake up the body of Christ even as I'm beginning to see it more and more, a lot more people turning to the Lord. Why? Because we desperately need your help, Lord, in Jesus' name. Desperately, desperately need your help in this day and hour, Father God, in Jesus' name. And you said in Psalm 59, 11, where is that, Lord? Kind of a 59, 11. Slay them not, lest my people forget. Scatter them by thy power and bring them down, O Lord, our shield. Thank you for being our shield and buckler. Thank you for all the benefits of Psalm 91. We plead the blood of Jesus over each and every one of us. And you said, as we look to you, Lord Jesus, the author and finisher of faith, because you hung on that tree for the joy set before you, because you're looking for a prepared bride, a bride who's got her garments all white and pure and holy by the blood of Jesus. Though our sins be as scarlet, shall be as white as snow. Because we're looking to you, Lord, because you loved us, even when we were sinners. And you sent, could, you sent Heavenly Father, you sent your Son to pay the price none of us could have paid. Not, no one, Bill Gates doesn't have, it can't be purchased with silver, gold, or rubies, or any other thing people think are valuable, or little trinkets come, coming off of, of different statues or anything else, or, or bulls from Wall Street or any other thing. Father God, we thank you for delivering us all from every spirit of idolatry. We ask you to do so. You said, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered in Joel 2.32. We ask you to deliver all the children of all those who claim to be Christians, and many of them are, Father God, and those children that have kind of wandered away, those children that are following the lust of flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, or all three, we ask you to deliver each one, Father, and all those that have been bewitched, Father God, by these bewitching spirits. Oh, sure, have some pizza. Yum, yum, plastic. Father God, we ask you to deliver each one from everyone. We don't always know. Father, you said every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. And that pastor who went down with a bunch of other engineers many years ago into uh, Mexico, an engineer, uh, they all had the same meal, and he prayed over his meal, and all the rest of them got Montezuma's revenge, and he was fine. So, Father God, I know without any question that prayer works. And it is not just a little ritual to pray over your meal. It may save your life. So, Father God, help us all to remember to do that, including over the air we breathe, the water we drink, and everything else. And if we, any of us need to get water filters or anything else, Father God, or distillers or whatever, water distillers, not necessarily for whiskey or something, you know, help us to wake up and do what you want us to do. And help us to have the time to focus on Jesus primarily. Because seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these little things people are looking for will be provided for the Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want. He maketh us to lie down in green pastures. Did Jesus make the people who were at the, that didn't have bread to, to sit down in the green grass? And what did he do? He, he prayed over the bread or whatever it was, the little bit that the, the boy had there, the, you know, five loaves and a couple of little bits of fish or something. And he held up the little things to, to the Lord, to the Father God. And what happened? He handed that to his disciples. Well, what, what can I do? Jesus gave me this little bit. We'll just hand it out to someone else. He'll multiply. He is the God of multiplication. We thank you for multiplying the people. We don't have to worry about these people who are freaking about too many people on the earth. Father God, they're controlled by Satan who, is a, who operates through pride and fear and proud wrath. 
And we ask you to deliver us from every spirit that related to proud wrath, Father God, in Jesus' name. So Satan, you're bound to our, your underlings are bound to our position, seat in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. According to the following verses that, uh, that Pastor Sabrina started with in Ephesians 2, but in particular verse 6, thank you for raising us up together with Christ Jesus because Jesus had power to lay down his life and power to take it up again. We're called the body of Christ. So when we had that little cup, what are we doing? We're partaking of his soul, his life. You say, Leviticus 7:11, the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I, Jesus, I, God, have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is a blood that makes an atonement for the soul. You said, in your patience, possess you your souls. There's a lot of challenges in that, in that chapter in Luke 21. In your patience, possess you your souls. That's, that's Luke uh, 21:19. So, Father God, help us to be at peace. Because the kingdom of God is within righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Because you'll never leave us nor forsake us. You said that the last very verse, the last verse of the Gospel of Matthew. Lo, I'm with you always. And together with God, nothing shall be impossible. You can quicken us to say, oh, wait a minute. I'm not going to go to that oriental restaurant anymore. I can't necessarily force other people to avoid it. But I'm going to be perfectly happy having whatever the Lord tells me to have whatever it is. And we think having food and raiment, let's be there with content. There's great godliness and contentment. And we thank you, Father God, for providing yourself that lamb for a burnt offering. And the Israelites came out of Egypt. Why? Because of the blood on the lintel and the post. And they all partook of that Passover land. There was not one feeble one among them. And we thank you, Father God. They partook of the divine nature of the of the representation of Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Thank you for taking away our sins and removing as far as the east is from the west because you did it. We couldn't do it. You render unto man your righteousness. You thank him for the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. We can't make ourselves righteous. Yes, we can come into agreement with your word, but we can't make ourselves righteous. You're the one who sanctifies us as we do it your way. And we ask you to help us all to do so having a holy, holy, holy reverence of you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And all the saints said in agreement, amen and amen and amen. And every witchcraft person against every one of us returned to be simple. And has with the sin. Do those spirits intend to us coming from the pharmaceutical industry and every other thing, not just the WHO. Every- <laughs>